0: Good morning and welcome to episode 655 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from BaseballPerspectives.com Brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com I'm Sam Miller along with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland.com Hi Ben Hi How are you? Alright Alright I have uh, I have a lot of banter so I'm not so even So do angry. I actually Oh no
1: <laughs> Maybe it's the same, it's probably the same stuff I have about t- 10 tabs of banter open
0: Oh, jeez, I have three. Ah!
1: <laughs> All right, I what? bet there's overlap. Go ahead.
0: All right, so first, uh, Ryan Webb right. outrighted by the Dodgers, which I'm bringing up partly because uh, Ryan Webb. But mm-hmm. I'm actually bringing it up more because, uh, as Charlie Wilmoth pointed out uh, on MLB Trade Rumors, so the Dodgers trade <coughs> a couple of guys for Ryan Webb and mm-hmm. then immediately outright him. And because of his uh, experience, he can he can refuse that. So he can be a free agent if he
1: wants to. He didn't, though. He accepted.
0: Ah, doggone it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. That, that yes. was not clear. There
1: has um, been breaking news since that post. He has right. accepted his assignment to AAA.
0: But let's just say that the Dodgers... see. So as Charlie pointed out, uh, this seems like this trade was essentially entirely about the Dodgers taking his $2.75 million that... Mm-hmm that someone was going to have to pay him and in getting in, in doing that, they got a competitive balance round B pick, which is what, like 70th ish or so. Yeah. So in a, in essence they bought a draft pick. It seems like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I guess they're, I guess it's worth the, the chance that Webb doesn't refuse the outright and that you might get Ryan Webb, uh, which, you know, considering like nobody claimed him or anything like that. And, Nobody wants him. It doesn't seem at this particular moment in history, not necessarily in the next moment in history, but in this one, that doesn't seem like that great of a thing to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, so we basically uh, had a team buy a draft pick and kind yeah. of give us, kind of give us. I, I guess it's hard because there's a lot of moving pieces here. They like they did get Web and they did give up a couple of very, very, very bit pieces in return. Mm-hmm. But something like a team valuing a draft pick for us
1: yeah so a I wonder competitive balance round B pick
0: yeah so so I guess like a se- 70th or 80th pick or whatever I guess we can kind of say is worth two million bucks
1: roughly yeah you'd be so is it
0: mm-hmm. fair so that's really interesting that to me this is uh, is fascinating <laughs> that these competitive balance picks the, the only ones that you're allowed to trade mm-hmm. it's so weird that, that we have the, it's almost like you know how economists since economists can't set up, you know, double blind studies, they're always looking for these sort of natural phenomenon that create two different groups
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: uh, are like identical except for some fluke of history, uh, or, or like natural borders or something like that, um, has created some variable that they can then test that variable. And these competitive balance picks are kind of like that. Like they're just, they're, they're just sort of living among all these other Draft picks, but they can be traded and they get traded. I, we probably don't spend enough time looking at the trades.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: I like looking at the comments sections when there's a but trade I, involving I, a draft pick because it's it's always it, mass it, confusion.
0: Same thing with like when Rosenthal tweets it, there's like 700 <laughs> replies. I you could trade a draft pick. You <laughs> can. And
1: then there's, there's other people replying that you can trade these picks and it goes back and forth every time. Yeah.
0: I bet you, if you looked, I bet you would see in in other articles that were about draft picks not being traded because they can't be traded. I bet there's there's a growing number of people commenting, yes, you can. This team traded a draft pick.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, when I did my articles where I looked at the Internet's trade proposals for oh. John Carlos Stanton or whoever, there was always one that was like, yeah, and we'll throw in a draft pick for
0: Yeah, but for then this someone guy. says, you can't do it. But now they have evidence. Now, right. Now they have evidence.
1: <laughs> Right. All right. Well, so that's... Ryan Webb's still teaching us about baseball, even if he's not playing it at the yeah. major league level. Uh,
0: Not good uh, Not good for it. This is not good for his situation, though.
1: It's not. He <laughs> cannot get a major league save in Oklahoma City. He
0: certainly wasn't going to get one for the Dodgers anyway, but uh, I guess waiting out the Kenley Jansen injury is kind of good for not getting a save because... Once Kenley Jansen is back, there's like almost literally 0% chance. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was hanging around Los Angeles without a proven closer, it was slightly, slightly possible, but still not really. All mm-hmm. right, Mariners today mm. turned a 2-1 double play. Mm. I want you to tell me what that looked like.
1: <laughs> um, huh, okay, 2-1. So, so grounder in front of the plate. And the catcher tags the runner and then throws to first, and the pitcher had run over to cover first. And what? Uh, what? The catcher threw to the pitcher who. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could only think of two possibilities. One is a suicide squeeze uh, in which the bunt is popped up, and the catcher catches it and then at that point the runner is like already at home and the catcher tosses it to the pitcher who tags him like mm-hmm. just cuz it's a shorter throw than tossing it to the third to third base where you could you could get him out there mm-hmm. right the other is that there's a pop up in foul territory that the catcher and the first baseman both chase and the catcher catches it uh-huh. and then throws to first base where right. the pitcher is now covering right in order to double up the runner who was going on the pitch Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so it was, was that it? one. It was that it was one. That, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I thought that one was. I thought that one was more likely of the two, but also quite unlikely because you'd think the second baseman would be covering. However, the second baseman might have been covering second base for the you know for the possible stolen base. It's hmm. also possible in this day of shifts mm-hmm. that uh, the second baseman could have been uh, standing over on the other side of the infield.
1: Who so, is the pitcher? Felix. Oh, heads up play.
0: Very heads up play, so uh, two one double play.
1: I wonder if that was when he hurt his quad.
0: Yeah. All right. My last one, and I'm trying to make it quick. Did you see this Mike Trout meteorologist thing on Reddit? No. Dan Brooks sent it to me. I thought he might have sent it to you. Somebody noticed that Mike Trout tweets about weather like more than you know more than usual. Not a, like you know more than usual. And so then he started looking, and he noticed that even though Trout has a device that comes with a weather app on it trout is you can tell using a third-party weather app and that his this guy's meteorology meteorology inclined friends uh, like the one that trout is using that so trout has gone out of his way to get a third-party weather app
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and so he uh, so that's so that's something and then Uh, there's like tweets of him interacting with a Twitter account that is mostly followed by people in the amateur meteorology community, uh, which only has about 3000 followers. So it's fairly niche and Trout's like interacting with them in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so this guy hypothesizes sort of sillily that Trout is uh, wishes that he could be a a weatherman (laughs) that like if he didn't if if he just hadn't been cursed with this gift of baseball, <laughs> he'd be a weatherman right now. Mm-hmm. And um, while uh, so he posts this, and somebody else points out that Trout follows seventeen meteorologists <laughs> and twenty plus weather-related accounts. Uh, huh? So as it turns out, he is a super weather freak. And so this has led to the suggestion, which I'm hoping that we can uh, pr- uh, that we can uh, promote, that Trout gets a nickname the weatherman sure all
1: right it's not bam bam but it's the next best thing all right so there we go that's, trout. The, that's the most and the only interesting thing i've ever heard about mike trout other than his <laughs> baseball <know>. abilities <laughs> That like, i've never heard I, him say or do anything really that was interesting when not on a baseball field
0: i wrote about mike trout's twitter once mm-hmm. i forget what i wrote uh it's very bad
1: it's very bad (laughs) yeah Um, you you must not have been looking at his his non uh his his tweets and replies to weather people
0: yeah it's true this was kind of early but still yeah it's true. all right go ahead
1: all right uh so there was an amazing andrelton simmons play i assume you saw that yes i did okay so we don't need to do our our usual uh, watch videos that no one else can see while we marvel at Angelton Simmons. But that was a that was a top tier Simmons play. I don't know, it was, I don't it's, know if that's the best one, flawless. but no, but it's
0: flawless. It's the to me, it's it's the most Angelton Simmons play. It's not the best, but it's the most.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It. I think we we did one where he went deep in the hole and and turned and threw in the same. S- Seamless motion and that's basically What he did here but this was I think Deeper in the hole It's nice if you haven't watched it I will link To it in the Facebook group Don't watch it if you are commuting to work Or in traffic or something Because you should not watch Andrelton Simmons Videos while operating Machinery but watch it when you're Safely at your desk Okay, The other video That I wanted to ask you about did you see The George Springer Catch. Okay, so the thing that I want to ask you about the George Springer catch, which is a really nice catch, the bases loaded. It was the 10th inning, 4-4 game, and uh, he he saved the game there, and then the Astros won in the 14th, and he made the, he made the final catch also. But the thing that I am confused about, if you watch this video, and I will link to this in the usual places too, and go to about 23 seconds into this video as he crashes against the wall mm-hmm. he, there's there's water that comes out of the wall <laughs> he brings forth water from the wall do you see uh... it? like the top of the top of the wall he catches he crashes in the wall moves back reverberates and there is like a shower of water that comes out of the wall
0: uh, about, I don't see tw- it's it. It's about
1: 25 seconds in.
0: Well, we're watching it's... different videos.
1: I, I linked you to oh, the yeah, video. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, the back. What is that? Where is that
1: water coming from? Uh. <laughs> I tried to come up with theories about where why water would be coming out of the top of an outfield wall, oh. and I can't come up with okay. one. Okay, well,
0: my theory, uh, my theory, my original theory when I heard that water came out of the wall was simply <laughs> that it was waterlogged. From you know Texas rain, but <laughs> that's not, its not that kind of water. No. So my theory is—I uh, th- mean, there's a lot of things it could be, but my theory is just that there's a guy back there <laughs> on the grounds crew,
1: uh-huh. and he's
0: got a cup of water that he puts up on a ledge there.
1: Well, I guess that could be. You can't—it seems to be coming from the very top of the wall.
0: Yeah, it'd, it'd be pretty a, high
1: for a—I mean, the wall is taller than, maybe much taller than George Springer, and George Springer is pretty tall.
0: Maybe he's. Maybe that guy has, like, a little ladder and he can watch the game.
1: (laughs) It could be. I don't see a guy. I don't see a ladder. I don't see a ledge. All I see is a little water coming out of the top of the wall. Very Uh perplexing.
0: It is. Someone will solve this. I think so. Someone solved the Mike Trout meteorology thing. (laughs) Someone will solve this.
1: Yeah. All right. So I will link to that video as well in the blog post at BP and in the Facebook group. And if you have a theory for why or how George Springer brought forth water from the outfield wall. I would like to hear it. And then finally, the thing, yeah.
0: Sorry, the thing I wrote about Mike Trout's Twitter a few years ago is that he, and and I wanted to see if he would still do this, he always leaves an extra space before end of sentence punctuation. Huh. Like, you know how some people do one space after a period, or and some people do two? Mm-hmm. He does one space before a period. <laughs> and he does that, with every kind of punctuation, every single time. No matter how many exclamation points he puts after a sentence, he's got a space. With it's a question mark, space. If it's a period, space. Uh, and uh, he's still doing it all these years later. Hmm. Fascinating. Even when it's like like this one, Thursday can't come soon enough. And then he ats his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so it ends with an at, and he still has the space before the exclamation point. Huh. Anyway. All right. Go ahead.
1: Fascinating uh okay and then late, lastly we last year we did updates on post-game celebrations right we did the the pie in the face or the shaving yeah, cream in the no, face we did,
0: no no did
1: some other stuff I
0: don't want to talk about the, we're not talking about the dunk <laughs> don't
1: want but. to talk about the dunk huh
0: no baseball i'm getting pretty sick of baseball and their memes i'm getting pretty <laughs> sick of baseball being a meme first industry it's like they've moved on like they're it's like the classic case like uh, PayPal was never supposed to be PayPal. It just sort of accidentally became PayPal. Baseball has accidentally become up rocks. It's like they're just – they're nothing but a meme generator now. I'm <laughs> sick of it. I'm hmm. sick of it. I'm especially sick of the A's. The A's are baseball's first meme-fueled baseball team. <laughs> and I don't like it.
1: Hmm. Well,
0: I don't like it. I don't like baseball players. I don't think they're fun. <laughs> I just don't like them. I don't like their jokes. I don't like how whatever meme they do, everybody does it within 40 minutes. I don't like the beards.
1: (laughs) Beards are big this year.
0: (laughs) Man, Vince Scully hates them too. The only thing better than Vince Scully hating the beards is that he just noticed them. Like they've been... (laughs) This has been a pretty much a beard league now for going on six years, right? Because Fear the Beard and the Giants in 2010. Mm-hmm. And, and the 2011 Cardinals were completely bearded, completely. And then, of course, the 2013 Red Sox were all bearded. Mm-hmm. And Vin just noticed it. And he is just <laughs> going on and on about the beards. He does not like it.
1: I was just watching that ad of him from 1962 doing the, the Gillette ads where he goes up to players and they all shave as he watches. I guess he oh, approves of I, that.
0: I saw a reference to that and I thought it was just a I thought it was a meme. I thought I was no. I thought it was like a cut for thing.
1: But <laughs> no, it's a real no thing. No, that's
0: real? Yep.
1: Yeah. Alright. Yeah. So we're not talking about D. Gordon dunking on Christian Well Yelich. Alright. That's all the essential banter I have.
0: Alright. I hate how long this episode is gonna be. <laughs>
1: Alright. What's the I, real topic?
0: The real topic is uh, and uh, everybody can just turn it off now because nobody wants to hear us talk about this again. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk about John Lester again.
1: Oh, yeah, because today is a big day for Today's John Lester. Today's a
0: big day, right. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about both John Lester and Billy Hamilton. Mm-hmm. That, that's my topic. Okay. Uh, and because today John Lester is going to be facing off against Billy Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And so first off, I want to talk about Billy Hamilton because uh, Billy Hamilton is seven for seven. On Mm -hmm. stolen bases this year
1: one of them one of them on a pitch out
0: which puts him on a pace to break the all-time record Mm -hmm. i'll just say (laughs) and he's doing that despite uh not being very good at at hitting again Mm -hmm. um but he's he's seven for seven i think he's been on first base eight times oh that's somewhat misleading because he's been on fielder's choices twice and he's stolen third base twice but he's been on on first base basically eight times and he's stolen seven bases which is obviously a much, much better percentage than last year. Last year he was on first base, um, you know, like 160 times or so, and he only stole 56 bases, and he got caught 23 times. And, like, before the year started, we just weren't sure that anybody would ever catch Billy Hamilton. And, like, the way that he stole as a rookie and the way he stole in the minors, like, it made you think, well... I mean, he could steal 100. I think Pocotto, didn't we talk about how Pocotto had him projected to steal like 80
1: uh-huh, or something? Yeah.
0: And Pocotto never does that. Mm-hmm. And so it just seemed like, to me, the most disappointing part of the 2014 season was that Billy Hamilton, not only did he only steal 56 bases, which is just flat out not special, like he didn't even lead the league, but then he also got caught so much, like mm-hmm. he wasn't a very good base runner. And 23 uh, times. 23 times, and it was just incredible. I didn't think that they could catch him, and I didn't think that they could stop him. I didn't think either of those two numbers would look like they looked. And so then this year, like, he's kind of running wild. It sort of feels like um, like he's figured it out again, that he's unbeatable again, and that 90 feet is not long enough, and they're going to have to make it 92, or else he's going to ruin the game. And so I uh, I wanted to point that out and see if you would have – have you. Have you ever read any analysis on, on why last year was sort of so lackluster? How Why he only stole 56 bases and got caught so much? Why all of a sudden he wasn't a very special base
1: runner? I did. I read a Jeff Sullivan post about that, and I'm trying to recall what the conclusion was. Uh, I found it. I am sending it to you. We can both reread a Jeff Sullivan post live on this podcast and refresh our memories of what he said. Yeah, this was from last November. Why wasn't Billy Hamilton a base-stealing dynamo?
0: Uh, So you have an answer?
1: It's not a conclusive answer, but I have Jeff's conclusion here. So partially the fact that because we were all expecting Hamilton to run like crazy, everyone was paying lots of attention to him. Throwing over often, there's no, I don't think there's any number in here about the rate of pickoff attempts on Hamilton compared to everyone else. That would probably be interesting, but he did get picked off a bunch of times. And yeah, I mean, we were all excited to see what Hamilton would do. And of course, all the pitchers and catchers were well aware of what Hamilton could potentially do. So that's maybe part of it. Of course, we always kind Of expected that. I mean, that was always part of the deal. We always expected everyone to be very attentive to Hamilton, and we still thought he would steal lots of bases. Yeah, so ex-
0: right, that doesn't quite explain the, the drop off from the, the previous summer when he was so invincible.
1: Yeah, so Jeff looks at some of his uh cut stealings and he times them, and uh, he finds sometimes when Hamilton just didn't get a great jump and. He refers to that J.J. Cooper article at Baseball America from 2012 or 13 that we all read. And, and J.J. kind of made the case that when Hamilton does things right or does things as he is capable of doing, no one can possibly catch him because just the math works out such that if he makes it down to second as fast as he can make it down to second, it's almost impossible for a normal pitcher-catcher combo to, to get him. But that was just sort of assuming that Hamilton was always making it down to second base in, you know, 3.0 or 3.1 seconds or something, and that is not always the case. Sometimes he just doesn't do that, and Jeff has him at 3.3 and 3.4, and so his conclusion is just that he was kind of raw as a base dealer and got caught in the minors sometimes too, and maybe just hasn't learned all the moves and... Has the the raw materials to be a great base dealer with experience, assuming that his speed doesn't decline.
0: So, do you think that uh, do you, uh, how confident are you that say he gets
1: uh, eighty this year? I'm pretty confident. Like i I would guess that in the this you know we talk about what can you tell from the first week or two of the season. I would guess that steal attempt rate is a thing that you could tell. Like, I I would guess that maybe if there's a big change in steal attempt rate, that is something that stabilizes quickly, you know? Like, it's, a, it's something that's largely within the player's control. He can decide to go when he wants to, and if a player suddenly starts going a lot more, then maybe it, it is reflective of a new philosophy. And so he's going a lot, and... I don't know how much to trust the success rate so far, but I I buy the attempt rate, I guess. So so I kind of I, I kind of confident that he'll get there.
0: Uh yeah, I I would bet that it stabilizes pretty quickly, but not 8 times on first quickly. Mm-hmm. Like if he had just gone two times fewer, we wouldn't be that excited right now. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I mean I was probably I I think I was probably pretty confident Anyway, because mm-hmm. it takes more than one year for me to change my mind about anything, because I'm stubborn, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just optimistic, and maybe there's just so the stakes are so low for me being wrong that <laughs> I just pick the the I pick the answer that is most pleasing to me. Yeah. Uh, so how? What? Uh, give me odds. What are the odds that a healthy Billy Hamilton steals 80 this year? And what are the odds that a healthy Billy Hamilton steals the per, let's say percentage chance that a healthy Billy Hamilton steals the hundred? And meanwhile, I'm going to send you a Mike Trout tweet.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'll say healthy Hamilton. I'll say 60-40. He steals 80. Okay. And then 100, I'll say 15-85.
0: Okay. And what are the chances he steals 15 and 85? Uh all right, so uh, so Billy Hamilton today will face John Lester, and uh, the reason I'm bringing up John Lester again, uh, uh, this topic that we've talked about a lot, is because he had, There's this amazing article in the Chicago Tribune. I don't know if you read it, um, and it was like I don't know, hard to access for me. So Google, uh, you go, go through Google, and Google is criticism of John Lester's pickoff move much ado about nothing. Google some combination of those words and then click on it. Okay. All right. So, the um, the idea of this article, not of the article, but of the man who's quoted in this article, is that nobody should be paying attention to this because it wasn't a big deal until people started paying attention to it. Mm. And
1: so, Wait, like, that's actually what uh, that's that's what Lester said.
0: That's what Lester said. Yeah. yeah right. Per, he is the person quoted oh. in this. <laughs> okay. There's an article uh, about Lester, what Lester said. Mm-hmm. So. So he's got these quotes and, and like I like John I liked John Lester and I will like him tomorrow. But today I just find him so frustrating mm-hmm. because none of these quotes make any sense. Yeah. So uh, so he's talking about how he he didn't give up many stolen bases last year. He said he allowed eight or nine <laughs> or right. ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, last year, it was 16, which yeah. is not the same as 8 or 9 or 10 He gave himself three chances <laughs>
1: and to get it right. <laughs> and 16 is kind of a lot It's not, you know, out of control But for a lefty, it was like the fourth most by a lefty starter or something Exactly, yes,
0: okay And so, uh wasn't a big issue until somebody brought it up on TV uh, Now I'm sitting here answering questions about it but that's the thing is that, right, it's not an issue until everybody knows about it, at yeah. which point it becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we have to, I mean, we have to decide how much other teams knew about this. Like if John Rogel uh, discovered it or if all 29 other teams discovered mm-hmm. it. By the way, it wasn't on TV. It, let's give credit to who gets, who deserves credit. John Rogel. Mm-hmm. He's the one who discovered it. Um, anyway. Uh, so, but now that people know about it, that is when it becomes a problem, and so John Lester keeps on sort of making, uh, making uh, statements that are kind of seem clueless to the fact that now people know. Like that's when it becomes a factor. So I didn't really have to do it over the past year. Uh, he he says that he he attributes it to being a thing about moving to the NL because there's more runners being part of the game, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and then uh, he says. Uh, he called it a, quote, slow news day when mm-hmm. people ask him about it. And uh, he says there's nothing really to talk about at the beginning of the year. So you need to talk about all the negative stuff. So now it's just haters mm-hmm. as opposed to the most fun, fun fact in like the <laughs> last five years. This is the most interesting fun fact. Like, the, I mean, we you remember where you were when you heard it. We all remember where we were <laughs> the first
1: time we heard it. At my computer.
0: I was in, I, I remember I was in school and the teacher stopped class and we turned on the TV to watch them say it on TV. And, uh, this was, I think I was in fifth grade at the time and it, like we all just, and then our parents came and picked us up. It was huge. It was huge news that John Lester hadn't thrown a pickoff move in more than a year. Uh, this,
1: this article refers to an art, the website Grantland showed yeah, a tweet. Know, that's you. <laughs> that's me. Yeah.
0: So he said that the, uh, let's see, that uh, the stolen bases on Sunday, last Sunday, quote, got kind of blown out of proportion because it's a lot easier to double steal off of a left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. which is true. It's also a lot easier to double steal off of a pitcher who doesn't throw pickoffs ever, mm-hmm. like ever, ever. So that's <laughs> another thing. Uh, so I don't know. It just seemed very weird that, uh, uh, that. oh, he also said that, um, the, the this is a paragraph one reporter asked Lester about a report he had quote the yips when throwing to a base Lester said the report was quote out of Boston apparently meaning it was not to be believed yeah even though we all saw we all saw ESPN played clips of his most recent pickoff throws and they were awkward and you wrote about it and they were awkward and mm-hmm. I mean it's not really out of Boston so anyway like I'll like John Lester again tomorrow but it just seemed weird that like this is a thing that is freak show level entertaining. And um, and I, it seems sort of weird that he's he's the one least interested in it. Mm-hmm. He's the one going through it. You'd think he would also be interested in it. Don't you think he'd be like, I know, isn't it weird?
1: <laughs> well, I...
0: I'm as mystified as you, man. I don't know why I don't do it.
1: <laughs> I listened to this interview because when I was working on my article last week, I was writing back and forth with Jesse Rogers from ESPN Chicago about whether Lester had talked about this or whether he had thrown over in spring training. And Jesse was talking to Lester that day and he sent me the audio from that interview. So I listened to this and it was pretty uncomfortable as you, as you might imagine. I mean, you are essentially, I mean, you you know, you're asking him why he doesn't throw over. and Is he uncomfortable? And is it some kind of mental problem? And, and yeah, the, the out of Boston thing, I think it was Jesse who said, um, you know, there was a report out of Boston that said it was the Yips and Wester just said out of Boston. And that was it. That was like his whole response to the question. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of uncomfortable, but, uh and, and kind of disingenuous. I mean, he, you know, he said like, he can throw over there anytime. It's not a problem. It's never been a problem. Um But, but it, has clearly been a problem in the past, and it's been talked about years ago. You know, Lester is working on his pickoff move, even when he was with with Boston. It was kind of an issue at times. Um, so, I mean, it's you know, it, it, it's true that like it's not uh, you know, it's not a career-killing problem. Like he's been just fine. He's coming off his best year ever. and it was the first year that he never threw to first so it you know maybe it fairly seems like a nitpick that everyone's going crazy about this lack of pickoff moves when he just came off the best year of his career with no pickoff moves so why are we complaining i can see why that makes sense from his perspective and i could also see you know if this is a real problem or a mental block or something then he he's not gonna come out and you know, be like, help me, I don't know what to do. I'm never going to throw over to first again because uh, <laughs> it's not in his best interest to tell every runner that he can't do it. So he's, you know, it makes sense that he would pretend it's not an issue, even if it is an issue. But I
0: think, um, I think it's in his best interest to smile and act coy and, you know, uh, be as amused by it as we are <laughs> and sort of imply that the next runner who takes a lead is in for the surprise of a lifetime and (laughs) and smile and then say but i'm not going to get into strategy and you know act like he's oh he's maybe he said too much Mm -hmm. like this is weird like this makes him look like like a guy who's like really anxious about it like doesn't this seem like the kind of guy who's he he might be a little snippy because he doesn't sleep anymore because he's up all night worrying about it
1: Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah a little bit yeah he was he was stone-faced during the whole thing so,, um, but what you were talking about, you know, whether teams were aware of this or when teams were aware of this, I wrote about that a bit in my article. and I, I mean, there's no way that that John's tweet or discovery, you know he he brought it to the internet, but there is no chance that that he was the first to discover this in baseball. I mean, every mm-hmm. every advance report going into a series has, you know, Something about how the starter controls the running game or a rating of his pickoff move or something. Right, but if
0: you, unless you put it together though, unless you have all of those advanced scouting reports, you just think it's a day that he didn't need to, right? You just think, oh, you know, he goes to a slide step, you know, he, you didn't, you didn't get a look at it. You just would write, didn't get a look at his move.
1: You might, yeah. There are, I mean, you know, some of those reports like, populate automatically with stats like you know if it's like a team tendencies report or something it'll have you know how often the team does a hit and run or something you know it's just like all automated there'll be some numbers and then there'll be a scout comment so i wouldn't be surprised if some of those actually had a pickoff attempt count or a rate or some some sort of stat in there yeah. but it's possible that that maybe none of them did and and yeah i mean you could imagine that you know, the scout who's writing up the report hasn't seen Lester's whole season, so maybe he knows that he doesn't throw over there often, but he doesn't know that he never ever throws over there. And um but but I I would guess that someone was aware of this. Someone yeah, with a team. I assume so too.
0: I'm just saying that not all twenty-nine teams knew. I mean, there's yeah. a huge difference between zero and three. Like yeah. a massive difference between zero and three. And you'd have to know the zero. Like if John had tweeted three. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have retweeted, you know, and be like, oh, Uh
1: yeah, right. Interesting. Three. That seems low. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And I would guess that, I mean, even if the report said he is not going to throw over there, take whatever lead you want, players are going to be reluctant to do that. I think for a certain amount of time, just because he's a lefty and players are conditioned to be wary of lefties and to stay close against lefties. And, Even, you know, I mean, some players just ignore the advance report probably, others just skim, and others might read it, but, you know, they're trusting a scout who is, you know, hasn't played the game maybe, and he doesn't know what it's like to be on base against a lefty, and when you actually get on the field, even if the advance report said he never throws over there, eh, you know, it looks like he might throw over there, so... Better be and plus careful. Some of,
0: those, some of those reports are populated automatically, I've heard,
1: by computers. <laughs> That's then. true. You can't trust them. So I would guess that uh, we will see runners be more aggressive now if he continues not to throw over there, now that it's a well-established thing. But maybe we should end with a prediction. Do you think he yeah. will throw over today? Uh,
0: let, well, let's see. Okay, so we're going to predict two things. Okay. Uh, actually, we're, we're going to predict one thing.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, two things. Okay. Over under on throws over one half.
1: Just for this start today, Monday.. For this start, yeah. uh, man, I mean, <laughs> he's gone 66 straight without one. So it seems like the best bet would always be under. If you would bet the over in any of his previous 66 starts, you would have been wrong.
0: Yeah, but if you bet the over on any of the previous two hundred and fifty, you'd have been right.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: Random events sometimes cluster in seemingly <laughs> patterned
1: ways. Yeah, I don't think that's what this is. <laughs> I wonder what the odds of that are. Um, I'm gonna say he. I'm gonna say he does it. I'm gonna take the over.
0: You're taking the over. All right, and then second prediction, uh, bigger number, number of pickoff throws and number of stolen bases by the Reds today.
1: Stolen bases by the Reds. i right, <laughs> I'm
0: gonna take, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the over, and I'm gonna take pickoff throws.
1: Wow, so you think he's really gonna bust I think it out?
0: He, I think when he throws one, he's throwing nine. <laughs> like I think that the first one is the one that matters.
1: Depends how it goes. What if he bounces the first one? Then we might not see another one for years. It might be like Punxsutawney Phil seeing his shadow or something. If he bounces a pickoff attempt, it'll be six more months of no pickoff attempts. Could be, could be. He's got to do it though. I mean, it seems like like he said that he's working on it, and Madden said that he's working on it, and there was video of him throwing
0: working on pick it
1: pickoff. <laughs>
0: but there's also video, there's also audio of him denying <laughs> that he needs to work on it.
1: Yeah. Well, Billy Hamilton, though. This. I if, know. Buddy. So if he, okay, one more. Does Billy
0: <laughs> Hamilton beat him. You're saying if he goes, he throws to first, and Billy Hamilton goes first move, and beats it anyway. <laughs> that could
1: very well happen very well happen well what okay what one more let's say he doesn't do it today so he all the the stars are aligned here hamilton is running everyone is paying attention to this so he doesn't throw over today over under on zero for the rest of the season
0: say (laughs) say it again
1: like if he if he doesn't do it today when we're both expecting him to finally do it then he will never again yeah will he will he do it if he doesn't do it today are you just giving up on him forever i
0: mean if billy hamilton's on first base twice and he does yeah billy hamilton might just go for three against him
1: right if he's on there and he doesn't throw over if
0: he doesn't throw over with billy hamilton
1: on first base then i will i will rule it out (laughs) okay so there's a lot at stake today what time is this game i'm looking forward to this game
0: uh, I saw it referred to as Monday night. So, all right, night.
1: Okay, so tune in, Reds Cubs.
0: Yeah, you know, I I saw on opening day
1: seven o five Central.
0: Uh, not on opening day. Uh, remember remember in Billy Hamilton's first season? I think it was his first season. It, it might have been last year, but I think it was his first season when it was like the first game that Billy Hamilton went up against uh, Yadier Molina. Yeah. And it's like you know, stop what you're doing. This is this yeah, is it. This is the I'm ultimate. A... It is now like we have become this perverse culture of like uh, you know sandwiches where the bread is chicken, fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Like this is now what it appeals <laughs> to us. It is no longer excellence against excellence. It's John Lester's yips <laughs> against Billy Hamilton.
1: Yeah. Well, to be fair, Hamilton has disappointed so far.
0: Yeah. So uh, so okay, so five oh five Pacific.
1: 705. Right? Seven oh five. Seven oh. Oh yes, five oh five Pacific. <laughs> All right. Be at a TV or a computer.
0: All right, yes, set five oh five Pacific.
1: All right. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. We have something riding on this now. We both took the over. Okay, so that is it for today. Send us some emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com and support our sponsor, the Play Index at baseballreference.com by going to baseballreference.com and using the coupon code BP. When you subscribe to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription, you can find all the videos that we linked earlier and explain the George Springer water mystery at our Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash Wild. We will be back tomorrow. Did you forget to record? No, I just thought of a better trout nickname. What is it? The Millville Meteorologist.
0: Oh, <laughs> so good. So
1: good. It's
0: so good.
1: <laughs> oh call.
0: my gosh, it's so good. Ah, so,
1: had to call you back.
0: I. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so good, Ben. I just don't expect this from you.
1: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you expect it from Weed mass.
0: I do. Oh, that's so good. So good. Mm. Now it makes me wonder if I some. No, I feel like I need to go back and click on those links in the Reddit because this could be a setup. This actually could be that somebody had this joke in mind and is doing a long setup for that.
1: No, don't take this away from me. All right. Okay. It's good. Bye. Good night.